Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Father, we want to give you thanks. We want to give you praise. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for your kindness over us. Be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Please salute the choir as they take. All right, you may be seated. Turn your Bible to the book of Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. All right, we'll begin our reading from verse number 16. We want to take a moment to salute the brethren in uh, South Africa that were such a blessing. Can we salute them from here? Our appointment, Pastor Umboyane Untutuko, is doing a great, great job in Midrand. Uh, I was amazed at what was being built in South Africa. Can we salute him from this place? Also, um, we made some new friends, some great friends in the nation of South Africa. In fact, a couple, and I still believe they are angels because of the great things that God used them to do. Pastor Kay and Pastor Jimmy, can we salute them? Hallelujah. So, South Africa, we send pleasantries. God bless you in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Verse 20 is my emphasis, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I'd like us to read verse 20 together again. This is, this is the mandate that Jesus is giving we, his people. That as we go about, we are supposed to disciple the nations. And this is the marching orders for discipling the nations. This is the pattern for discipling the nations. It says, when you go to disciple the nations, you teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. That's how we disciple the nations. 
So, uh, during the course of this Bible study, what I want to achieve is to begin to expose us to the direct teachings of Jesus. And when I say the direct teachings of Jesus, it's a bit different from preaching the Gospels. For instance, someone might craft a message from the woman with the issue of blood, that that woman, she touched Jesus with the touch of faith. You've heard that kind of message before. I'm not saying the message is wrong, but you see, that teaching doesn't contain anything that Jesus taught. It's a powerful teaching. You can use it to teach faith. You can use it to teach so many things and how the miracle-working power of God, you know, went out of Jesus, virtue left him, and the fountain of the blood stopped. Powerful. But you see, that doesn't qualify as one of the educations that we are going to bring to the nation. As powerful as that message is on the subject of faith and how the woman exercised her faith and even came up with a different faith philosophy because her own faith was anchored on a touching, just like Thomas's faith was anchored on a touching. Are you there? I hope you know you cannot exercise that kind of faith if Jesus is not physically present. But fortunately for them, Jesus was physically present. So they could formulate various faith approaches. And our faith was anchored, just like I said, on a touch. And the moment she achieved that touch, the, the hope of our faith was satisfied and she was able to place a demand on the virtue that Jesus carried, and she got a miracle. Powerful presentation. But in that whole scripture, there was no point in that scripture where Jesus taught. Because Jesus is saying that if we are going to disciple the nations, we'll have to teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So this is that point where we will need to search out everything that Jesus taught because that is the object of the discipleship of the nations. Do you get that? So we are going to scoop out every single thing that Jesus taught as a means of equipping ourselves to disciple the nations. So there's, there's a twofold aspect to this initiative. The first aspect is that we must be grounded in the things that Jesus taught directly. The second aspect is that our hope of discipling the nations is tied to an understanding of what Jesus taught and we are enjoined by Jesus to teach same. Is that clear to us? All right, so the journey begins. Um, I chose to begin from John. In John chapter 15, this is one of those scriptures where Jesus sat down to teach. Now, Jesus' style of teaching is a bit different from the normal teaching approach. There, is, there are a few peculiarities that are associated with Jesus' style of teaching. The first peculiarity 
is that Jesus is an object teacher. In order for Jesus to begin to teach on his subject, he will wait. He will keep the teaching and wait for the environment to be supportive of what he's teaching. If he wants to teach on tabernacles, he will wait for the Feast of Tabernacles. And then it is on that day of the Feast of Tabernacles that Jesus will begin to say that his doctrine is not his. And what he's trying to emphasize in the book of John chapter 7, for instance, about his doctrine, which was a revelation that came on the Feast of Tabernacles, was that his secret was that God was tabernacled in him. Jesus was actually the full illustration of what it means for God to tabernacle. Are you there? Or you are not following me? Jesus is such an object teacher that if he wants to teach about a well, he will go and sit on one. The woman that came to draw water in the book of John chapter 4 never knew that Jesus' intention was to dig a well in her. But Jesus will look for an environment that is suitable to what he wants to deliver. So if you want to study Jesus, you need to study the environment, study the season, study the calendar, study the geographical location, because all of that has a way to lend itself to provide muscle for what Jesus wants to pass across. If you are still with me, say, Amen. All right. Another thing about Jesus' style of teaching is that Jesus will almost always, not 100%, but 80% of the time, Jesus will avoid an outright definition. 80% of the time. Because in John chapter 3, there was an opportunity for Jesus to define what it meant to be born again, and instead of Jesus to opt for the option of a definition Jesus decided to give an illustration. But the wind blew it where it listed, and now here is the sound thereof. You don't know where it's going and where I come at. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Now I'm just using these few points to show us that Jesus' style of teaching and establishing kingdom knowledge is different from the normal approach you learned as a teacher in teaching practice. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. All right, let's begin with um, John chapter 15. It's a series of teaching, a series. It's something, it's a journey. As long as the Lord will allow us to pitch tent here, we will be looking critically at the teachings of Jesus, which forms the substance of of what is needed to disciple the nations. Verse 1 of John chapter 15 reads, I am the true vine. You know, when God begins to classify things, the word true in the Greek is Aletianos, which is from Aletia, which, me, which is truthfulness. It's from the foundation Aletia that you have that word, Aletianos. And what Aletianos means is real, 
as opposed to false. I am the real vine. Why did Jesus have to qualify the nature of the vine? I am the real vine. And my father is the husbandman. And that's not modern English, and you may be confused as to what husbandman means. It means gardener. I am the real vine. I am the real crop that was planted. I am the real herb that was intended. Some others grew, but they are not the real intention of the gardener. You're not following me. The actual seeds that the gardener planted is what resulted in my presence. Even though there are many plantings that survived around the space of interest, I am the Aletianos. I am the real vine, the real planting of the gardener. Now, so we will do definition of terms here, and the moment we capture the terminologies used in the scripture, and it will interest you to know that Jesus is full of terminologies. Part of the first things that you will need to do in order to understand the import of the things that Jesus is pushing across is first of all to labor to understand the terminologies that were used. Because if you find in John chapter 15, where we are reading now, the metaphors that are used in this scripture have to do with plantings, have to do with agriculture, have to do with a tree. Are you there? You might need to stop reading and go and study about trees for a bit before you come back to really comprehend what Jesus is saying. Because when Jesus decides to begin to use metaphors, there are deeper meanings than what is written that is intended. Are you there? If you attempt to comprehend what Jesus is saying at face value, your Bible study sessions will be flat and devoid of any form of blessing whatsoever. So in this place, he is using some metaphors that have to do with agriculture, that have to do with horticulture, that have to do with plant science, and all of that. So it might be necessary for us to digress. Maybe not now, but we'll do the digression maybe tomorrow or subsequently. I'm the true vine. I'm the real vine. And my father is the husband man. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that he may bring forth more fruit. Are you still, are you still here? So the object, the object and the responsibility of the branches is fruit bearing. 
And I'll need to say here quickly that there's a difference between bearing fruit and succeeding. We have our theology mixed up in the body of Christ and it is time for us to straighten it out so that the concepts and the conceptions of God can be plain in the heart of every believer. What is the definition of success? Because we preach a lot of success in the house of God and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying there's a difference between success and fruitfulness. In success, you use your advantages that you have in God to accomplish your ambitions, to accomplish your goals. Are you there? You are not with me. I know you don't understand that. So we take advantage of the grace of God that's available to us. Maybe your goal is that you want to make money. Then you take advantage of the grace of God that is on your life and you use that to accomplish your goals. You take advantage of the anointing of God upon your life, you use that to accomplish your goals. That's success. It means what you set out to achieve, you achieved it. The thing about success that is that it is about you. It's about what you want. It's about what you desire. You are only subscribing to God because you know that God is omnipotent and you need some of his abilities in order to achieve what you desire. In the heart of the success gospel is a self-centeredness that we preachers are not meek enough to unveil. And that's how we have turned the hearts of so many people looking for what is not lost. If you find the heart of this presentation that we have in the book of John chapter 15, the objective is fruitfulness and not success. And what fruitfulness is as opposed to success is that in fruitfulness, we yield to God so that God can manifest through us his own intentions. In success, you are looking for a way to achieve your intentions, your ambitions. And some of us have things that we wrote out that before I am 35, before I am 32, before I am 30, I should be financially sufficient. I should have be on my way to the altar with a damn self. I should. Those are great things. I need to tell you my story. I had money. Yeah, at 26, I had enough money to marry. At 26 years old. Uh, I think I made my first million at 28 years old. So most of what people pray for, I am the manifestation on their prayer point. Are you there? I married at the age of 31 because I was washing my car one day and God said, in my calendar, your time for marriage is age 31. I had the money to get married from 26. Now, are you there? There is a wide difference between success and fruitfulness. In fruitfulness, we surrender to God's will so that he can birth through us that which is his intention. I never ran for success. Because in success, you are trying to show your neighbor that you have two cars parked. 
you have two just gotten back another master's degree, you know. And then the object of that achievement is for you to come to the pulpit and give a testimony. And people, for, that's a way of announcement. You can't go to NTA to do an announcement that, I'm Otika! But you see, there, there's enough audience in church for you to come and do. There's just flesh, just flesh. Meanwhile, I want you to know that, yes, there is power in God that can accomplish your goals. But when you begin to grow in the Lord, you will discover that what God is looking for is not your goals being accomplished, but his intention being fulfilled. And Jesus is giving us some insight into the things that we can do in order for those fruit that God intends to grow out of your life. Are you with me? Now, this is one thing you need to know quickly before I continue in the reading. This is the theology of the New Testament. The Bible says that there is a personality that is in you. It's a personality in your spirit. That personality that is revealed in your spirit is greater than the one operating in the world. So, our path to greatness is tapping into the frequency of the personality within us. In fact, it goes beyond tapping into. It, 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 it is actually accepting that the personality in you is your real personality. The one in your spirit. Not your real personality. Because there is still another personality that is in your soul. That personality in your soul is the fallen man. Is the man that survives by human life. The personality in your spirit is the man that survives by Christ. Is the man that survives by the Spirit of God. Christ in you is made manifest through the Spirit of God. The, the personality, there's still another personality. The one that is revealed in your passions, in your appetites, on your body. The personality that is revealed in the appetites of your body is called Sin is trying to use those appetites to draw you away from God. So Satan wants you to believe that that's you. That lost to commit fornication. That it is actually you. And the moment you accept that that's your personality, you will see yourself operating as a carnal person. Are you there? Satan also wants to, you to accept that the personality that is manifesting through your soul is you. That personality manifesting through your soul is your humanity. It is human life. And human life has all the ailments of the fall of man. And if you decide to pursue that personality, you realize that that personality is self-centered, is self-seeking. Are you there? So that's most of all our cravings for, for success comes from that soulish personality. So all the success, you know, you want to do this, uh, is masqueraded in so many ways. But I'm going to show you God's perspective. It's masqueraded in so many ways. Because for 14 years, how many of you were there? Most of you were not there. At least Kwado was there. At least uh, Uka. Where's Uka? Tony was there. For 14 years we were praying and trusting God for a spiritual break breakthrough in our city. The success people came and analyzed us and said, these guys are just 
And I just wasted people. Young people that don't have any direction. And what they want to use their life to achieve is to be praying. And it was surprising to know that I got these comments from senior ministers in the territory. That some young guys just got together and uh, I just prayed. That we are waiting for when they will start sleeping with themselves. Well, we are waiting for that time. Meanwhile, I studied my Bible quite well. And I discovered that a man that prays will stop sinning. And a man that sins will stop praying. Uh, maybe during the course of this presentation, I'm going to show you the principles that govern the life of God that you received when you gave your life to Christ. And what it is capable of. Because this presentation in the book of John chapter 15 is a very, very practical and an organic layout on how the Christian life is supposed to be modeled under the influence of Christ as our source. Are you still with me? So, in fact, our branch in Boko, they were praying, doing some prayers, I think, seven hours prayer per day, and they were doing that for like 21 years, days. And then... An old preacher walked by the place and asked for the pastor. So Pastor Anduna attended to him. He now said, what are you guys? What, what, what's up? No, no, no. They went to him to release his church so that they can do seven hours prayer. Something like that. So he, he gave them. He was wondering how they wanted to do seven hours prayer. So they did it for the first day, did the second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day. Uh, what's going on? So he called out the pastor. I said, hey, your mates are looking for money. You see, uh, are you following what I'm... I'm just trying to show you this, the success philosophy. <laughs> God has not called you to succeed. God called you to fulfill a plan that is bigger than you. It's more ancient than the foundation of the world. It was scripted and put in motion. And you were called... Not to be creative, but to yield sufficiently so that God's plan can bear fruit through your life. So he told our pastor, he said, your mates are looking for money. You are spending seven hours to pray. And just like I just had one of my disciples in one of the countries that I don't want to mention. But the person we know that is our discussion that is generating this talk I want to talk now. She watched a movie. She watched a movie, and the movie is about one of our fathers in the gospel that is late now, one of our Nigerian fathers in the gospel that is late now, from the southern part of Nigeria. So he, he, she, she saw the selflessness that was in his ministry. How that he didn't want anything but just to do the will of God, even though he became exceedingly powerful, his power did not make him active. You know, if you have money, I, I hope you know you, there are many things you can do. Okay, you can't do anything with money. <laughs> I know you, I know you, <laughs> I know. Uh, let me tell you something about money. When you start, 
when God is the one responsible for the resources he's making available, he will give you commandments as to how every naira will be spent. If I tell you how much, we're still in September, if I tell you how much God has directed me to give in the month of September, in fact, by the time I'm done, I've, I've done 90%, it's remaining, so I just came back today, it's remaining some aspects. By the time I'm done, my accounts will be empty. I live, I've lived like that for years. In fact, my wife is just hearing this, what I'm saying now. Because the account will be empty before she will know. And, and it, it's the Lord. It's the Lord directing me. We, the way we survive in my house is by my hearing. The day I stop hearing well, we are going to suffer. Yes, the way I stop. That's why I want to teach you. Is what I know I can teach you. What I've experienced I can teach you. It's not as if they are not, we don't have things to teach you fake things that you will like. It sounds, but you see, it is anchored on the latent power of the soul. You need to be a very spiritual man to be able to see doctrine and know the goal of this teaching. What is going to produce in the life of men. So the senior minister in Boko called our pastor and told him that your, your age mates are busy looking for money. You are looking for how to pray for seven hours, for ten hours. Are you there? So this, my disciple now reaches out to me yesterday evening. and say, hi, I watched this movie. And um, watch the movie she just finished watching. Like I said, is the movie is the, like a documentary about a preacher that lived among us. That has gone to be with the Lord. Just a summary of his life different snapshots at different points and how that he was not living to make a point. His life was a surrendered life, a submitted life. And God was bearing the fruits that he intended to bear through his life. And then the lady said, "Ah, I am a very ambitious person. And the moment she read that thing, she watched the film, she now went and started praying and then the reason for the chatting was that it felt like God was asking her to surrender the same way the preacher she watched in the movie surrendered. So she, 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 felt, she felt stressed and she reached out. I said, I'm very ambitious. So what is God saying that I should leave my ambition and then be surrendered to him? Because that doesn't look cerebral. <laughs> it doesn't look intelligent. Do you know, in school, I know you know that I'm not, I'm, I'm not sick here in this brain. Eh? So in school, many lecturers felt it was not the cerebral option of thing to do, preaching the gospel. You're a sharp guy. You, huh? Hey. I proved to them that they don't know God. That's why they are, this their counsel is coming like this. It's not from God. And the only evidence I can bring to the table is if you give me an additional 20 years from now. That 20 years has come up. And uh, the lecturers are still alive. But 
They have not come for us to to continue from where we stopped. Are you with me? And and if you check our broker, this broker I'm talking about is, was developed in 2005. The first thing that that the thing I received is on that broker. <laughs> We've there were 2,000 of them that we printed. Are you there? So God spoke about a television station. Do we have a television station? He spoke about apostolic centers in Nigeria and beyond Nigeria. Do we have that? Now, he spoke about... What again? He spoke about village initiatives and church plantings where necessary. Do we have that? He spoke about crusades. Um... Evangelishala, when was the last time you had a crusade? Yesterday. By the time God spoke about these things, it, it looked it was impossible. Not that it looked impossible. We couldn't no, it's not possible. And you know what? They broke your God lost. It's not as if we were looking at the broke your and then getting ourselves reminded. No, it got lost. Then we now ran for 12 years, and now, after 12 years, I found a copy, and we're doing exactly what God has spoken. That's what we call fruitfulness. It's different from success. Somebody might see us now and say we are succeeding. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't know. This is not success. This is fruitfulness. This is not our own idea. This came from the mind of God. And I'm telling you that God that is seated on your inside, can you adopt him as your real personality? Because according to Apostle Paul, the way to live is to live Christ. It's to allow Christ to express himself. And that's why Jesus used the metaphor of plant in order for us to have a cognitive perception of what it means when you yield to him. So those 14 years of prayers, Tony was there, Shala, uh, Philip, yeah, Evangelist Philip. You remember when we used to break our fast by 9 p.m. in the night? Do you remember that? And one day Philip now told me that, oh God, this thing don't do now. We... <laughs> oh God, oh God, this thing don't do. You know, normally people break fast by 6 o'clock. I say, let's push it to 9. So if you can do 9, you can do 24 hours. So we hit 9. For how many days? Then Philip just called me and said, oh God. This. <laughs> are, are you with me? If you receive a vision from God, the first thing you will know is that you don't have the ability to fulfill it. The first thing you will know is that you are too small to accomplish it. So that is what is going to drive you to the place of prayer. And when you go to the place of prayer, in order for you to receive grace to fulfill what God has told you, God will only begin to fulfill the things he wants to do when he wants to do that. I didn't know that. Nobody taught me. When we received the blueprint about women ministry, I, I told my wife, stand up! God says, you should gather women. We tried, he failed. He went and sat down. You know, that you, trying is good. Went and sat down. When the time came, 
And the time, before the time came, it took an additional seven years. Whenever we attempted to accomplish what God wanted us to accomplish, before time we failed. And if, if God permits, I will show you a catalog of failures that we have experienced. Because even though it was God's will, it was not God's time. So there was no grace available. No grace Meanwhile, Satan can empower you to succeed in your ambition. Because he knows that that is the way that you'll be completely distracted from your divine purpose. And that's why Jesus says, I am the true vine, the real vine. Because they are fake vines. They are fake supports. They are fake journeys. There are fake errands that you can deploy your life to fulfill, which is not from God. Are you there? So our pastor in Boko was not the first that was slighted. We were all slighted. And we're told that ah, they are gathering young people. Very soon, news of immorality will break out. This is how many years now that we've been running, running together. Not even one. Not one. Yes. Was it here I boasted? And I said, any woman that you know that I've slept with you before, go to Facebook and cry. Shout. <laughs> I challenge every pastor to do that. <laughs> mm. The owner of Facebook will become a bilonia because they, 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 I know it's a bilonia now, you become a trilonia because the comments that will fly on Facebook will make Facebook, in fact, the satellite will burst. Are you with me? And I'm not saying that to exalt myself. I'm saying that so that it will be clear to record that not all of us came to look for vanity. Not all of us came to look for what we could get. And it's just that people can't see you people. My congregation, I have the most beautiful women and ladies in the whole world, in this congregation. It's just that they can't see. They are not aware. They are not aware of the congregation. But you see, that was not our objective. We were seeking for fruitfulness, not for success. Not to show that we are sharp guys. But we wanted to yield. Our yielding process took us 14 years. 14 years where you look like a dumb person. And even, even people I was discipling, I heard their talk at my back. Eh? And they said that, me, I can't manage greatness. That greatness is before me, I can't see it, I'm blind. These are disciples in the fold. And I heard it. And for two years, I did not pretend as if I heard it. For two years. Because what their, their minds were set on was success. They were disciples to know success. But they were not disciples to know what? Fruitfulness. They felt ministry was about making yourself relevant and making yourself succeed. Putting yourself in spotlight. That's what you do when you want to succeed. The principles that govern the labors of God and the things of God are different 
from the principles that govern the things of this world. How many of you have been privileged to, to farm before? You've casted the seed into the ground. The moment you cast that seed into the ground, you no longer have authority over that seed. It is the law of sowing and reaping that takes effect and colonizes that seed. Some of them will not even germinate. I know you are aware of that. It means the seed was not good. It didn't survive the process. And even though you prayed, some seeds died. So it will require absolute surrender to God in order for you to become fruitful. You must know that what God will look for in your life when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ is fruitfulness and not success. Success impresses men, but fruitfulness will impress God. By the time we go before God, you will now discover Many things that people clap for you about, God will say, this was unauthorized. It was not part of the things you were supposed to bring forth. Because a time comes, like as I am now, I have a little more money than what I need to take care of myself, to take care of my wife, and to take care of my children and the people, the inhabitants of my community. But you know, I've, I've never stayed alone. I have inhabitants in my domain. The day you come to my house, you'll be disappointed. Say, hey, yes, that is how they are inhabitants. And the resources that I need for those inhabitants, not just to barely exist, but each one that has a destiny to be able to fulfill it. God has given me more than that. That's why, in addition to supplying our need, he also gives me financial responsibilities of, I believe I have a helps ministry. I believe it. Are you there? Yes, so he gives me instructions on how to channel the resources. And I understand the stewardship of resources. It's just like the stewardship of the anointing. God will hold everyone that is anointed responsible. Because the anointing will bring influence. The anointing will bring favor. It will bring goodwill. Alright? These are not to be squandered on self. If your objective is fruitfulness. Are you with me? I was ministering in South Africa. A lady came and held my shoe. That is, he didn't allow me to move in my two shoes. I, I was even one. That shoe, those shoes, I've taken them to the mountain, to the wilderness. I've, hey, God. And one thing about ministration is, it is the person's faith that works. Just like the woman with the issue of blood said, if I, if I can but touch the hem of his garment. She did not even take permission from Jesus. But her faith was a touch faith. So maybe her own faith too is a touch faith. She believes that if I just touch. So I need to give her time to accomplish what her faith is saying. Maybe God will look at her and measure her in the balances of faith. And, and pronounce her worthy of a miracle. Are you there? When you start getting honored like that, people want to touch you, want to touch your garment. This garment that is a tailor. It's a tailor in Kaduna that made it. This particular one. 
and he touched it many times. Eh? Then you now put it on. And people just want to have all of those glories, all of those favors, all of those visibilities and recognitions that come to you on the account of Christ. Those are currencies that God will ask you to bring to account. So if your objective is success, you will squander it to achieve success that human beings can acknowledge. Meanwhile, those virtues that came on your life are resources of the supernatural realm. They are supposed to be squandered meticulously to achieve the purposes that are upon the heart of God. God. Life is not that vague. Are you there? You are not following. I don't know. Maybe Shala will help me or some of the old people, Pastor Tony. What, what year did we have our first cameras? No, you don't need to stand up. If you just give me an idea, I forgot it. We, 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 start, we had cameras long, 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 long time ago. The first videos they made with those cameras, I didn't allow them to air it. It was a good thing for us to keep our messages documented, but I had no clearance from God to begin to show them to the world. No clearance. It took an additional four years after we had cameras. We had two, we started with camcorders, then we now bought two powerful Sony cameras that were um, high, uh, medium, were they? Medium definition? Oh, okay. They were not too clear. But they were the most powerful cameras in Makodi. Yes, in those days. They were the most powerful cameras. And you may not know, but these ones they are holding there, they are the most powerful cameras in this city. This one. Not even NTA has it. I'm, I'm telling you from fact. I'm telling you from fact. Not because I'm trying to be smart. All right? I know cameras now. I know them. You may not know how much research went before we got these speakers. God did not allow me to put my messages, video messages, online for four years. Because the idea is not creating visibility. The idea is fruitfulness. You must be doing what God is doing. I need to show you a few scriptures on the life of Jesus. If you do anything because you want to be known, you want to be seen, and they are not things that have been authorized. You will have a problem with God because his objective and his expectation for which he is bringing spiritual capital your way is fruitfulness. When we come for the lecture tomorrow, I'm going to show you characteristics of ambition and characteristics of fruitfulness. Then you'll find out that a man that is pursuing an ambition is a dangerous man. He can kill you in order for him to accomplish his ambition. And the way you will know an ambitious person is that he has no values. Don't worry, tomorrow. No values. No values. No values. A young man wanted to be my friend. And he wanted to be friends of criminals. 
friends of fornicators. So I cut him off. You know why? As he, I knew he wanted to be around me. But I cut him off because he will cause problem to me. Because we don't have the same values. When you find a man, are you there? That is a jack of all trade. He can hang out with, with ragamuffin. He can hang out with, with uh, mahanta. He can hang out with, just know that he is an ambitious person. You don't have the same goals. He wants to blow. And people that are desperate to blow like that, they normally cut covenant with Satan somewhere in transit. God is concerned about the divine order. He's concerned about the result you get and how you got the result. But an ambitious person is concerned about the result he gets. He's never concerned about how he gets the result. For a man that wants to be fruitful, he will know the language, he will understand what it means to wait on the Lord. Because he doesn't have any capacity made available to him by himself. That's the test of, weak, of meekness. When there are advantages for you to shine, the advantages for you to accomplish things in the flesh, and you say, no, I will wait on God. So we had cameras. When, before people knew what it meant to have cameras, we had a lot. Before people knew what um, a digital mixer was, Before people knew what editing videos were about, we're already into that technology. We already had a website. Our website rated, according to Google Analytics, our website of, um, of about 12 years ago was 900,000, rated 900,000 websites in the world. And that's phenomenal. Yes, I sat 12 years ago. So I can give you statistics. We have statistics that we have developed, we have generated for all the initiatives that God allowed us to do. Are you there? We were the ones that started giving out free messages. I'm not sure of any other group of people in Nigeria. I'm not sure. Right? We started giving out free messages, and it was because of our free messages that messages did not sell again. You know tapes ministry? How many of you know tapes, tapes ministry? There was no, tape, tapes ministry died because we were giving free, and there was content in what we made available. People stopped buying messages. The reason why we did it was not because we wanted to attack tapes ministry. That was what the great one required of us. And we were yielded enough to be fruitful in that area. Please help me tell your neighbor, you are not called to be creative. You are not called to be smart. You are not called to be a strategist. You are called to find out what God wants. And to yield enough to bring it to pass. So the sister asked me, what about my ambitions? Then I told her, that God is more ambitious than you are. If you find the plan of God, it is bigger than your own. This is your small head. What you can conceive is nothing compared to God's lofty conceptions. 
So God is more ambitious than yourself. So you can be, it's comfortable for you to submit your ambitions to his own. It's not a risk. Because if you want ambition, he has it much more than your heart has capacity to handle. So it's not a risk for you to surrender your admission, to embrace his own. I'm going to take a mic and come. Let me interview you. You know my own. I, when I see you, I just call you. That's it. So she doesn't know anything about what I want. <laughs> Don't visit my house. If you come, you will be involved in, in something. You'll be moved. <laughs> all right, all right. Let me, let me. So let us interview you about Deborah. How did this Deborah thing, yeah? How did it, how did you come about it? Because I know her enough to tell you her, her ambitions. I will tell you her ambitions. Then we'll compare it with God's vision. Yeah? I received it in my, um, I think, 300 level in school when the Lord told me that um, he will have me um, start an intercessory, women's intercessory ministry. Did you, did you document this, your encounter? I wrote it down. Now, so let me give you ideas about how fruitfulness is generated. First of all, there'll be precipitates from God, precipitates. Um, your heart will be taught, will be textured to be able to comprehend God's intentions for your life, especially if you are somebody that exercises your heart in prayer. Are you, are you still with me? So, what were you doing that God now decided to reveal all these things? Were you a prayerful person where, or you were just eating salad, eating sandwich, and then Holy Ghost say, aha, Deborah. Now, you will, okay, I'm okay, help us, help us, help us. I had learned the way of prayer um, because at the time, that period, I, I got to... So let me tell you the other side. She wanted to be a mass communicator. Mass communication. So that she'll be reading news, she'll be on your face, in the newspapers, everywhere. That was the ambition. But instead of mass communication, God was saying, Deborah. Now, you see, <laughs> you're not. She had the parents of this lady here, they had what it was required to make her everything she had ambitions for. If God wants to help you, part of what he will do is that he will frustrate your ambition. Most of you, the, the brick wall you say you are facing, the brick wall that is standing before you in most cases is not because of any other thing, but it's God's love that is trying to deliver you from running with the resources he has made available to you on the path of your ambitions. The Lord textures your heart. And this is whether or not you are a prophet or not. The Bible calls him the father of all spirits. He knows the address of every spirit. And he can communicate with any spirit whatsoever, including devils and demons and your own human spirit. And part of what happens is that your commitment to prayer textures your heart.
to be able to pick the frequencies of God, the things that God wants to do. So now you pick this thing in 300 level. Why didn't you start in 400 level? I actually tried it. She tried. Did you succeed? No. Good. When, if it is vision, if it's from God, you know you didn't do anything for the vision to come and then suddenly you now believe you can do something to fulfill it, God will frustrate you. That you are using the wrong tools to accomplish my agenda. Don't, I've read success books, I've sat in success seminars for many years, I can tell you the truth, it's born out of the soul. There is that desire of the fallen man to prove to the next person that he's not failing. Meanwhile, you need to die to all of, all of that, all of that. They die to the need to prove that you are getting ahead. You need to die to that. And God has his own way because he dwells in eternity. It is you that doesn't have time. He has all of eternity. So he knows where to touch that your car, your engine will stop working until you outgrow the need to prove anything. You know, Abraham, his wife came and brought a damsel to him. I said, okay, well, it's obvious that I'm barren. You can make children out of this one for us. And the moment the lady became pregnant, she cleared Sarah's doubt that any hope that you had with this one is not possible. And there was chaos everywhere. And then Abraham now said, all right, let me, let me seek God. And when he sought God, God now told him, I, I'm not, I can see that there's a pregnant woman in your house, but that baby she's carrying is not the one that has capacity to bear the load of the covenant that you're going to transfer to the next generation. God was specific about the fact that it is your wife, Sarah, that would give birth to. So he knew that he had brought a man into this world without authorization. And that's where all the bad things that are happening on earth today have found expression. May you not produce a monster that your children will need to contend with because you were not diligent enough to wait for God to make you fruitful. Instead, you chose the cheap alternative of success. I don't have time to take you to... I will during the course of this teaching. Yes? So you tried, but it failed. So what prompted you to know when you now started that it now worked? Okay, so that was 2003, 2004. So... I finished my university, he didn't say anything. I went for service, he didn't say anything. I got married, he didn't say anything. Until somewhere around 2016, 17 or so. Now, when did you get the vision? What year? 2003, 2004. 2004. Then God was willing to begin to fulfill it in 2016. Do you realize that anyone that is in a haste can never fulfill the agenda of God. God told you that you will become something. Don't, see, don't move in the flesh. Are you there? No. I remember people were doing campaigns, one of those days, doing campaigns, doing campaigns. The person that eventually became governor of this state, he, he didn't have money to 
it, it's just four months that made him governor. Meanwhile, the rest were standing on truck and saying, May you not be in the camp. May the Lord give you understanding. In the name of Jesus Christ. It took how many years? Who is calculating? What? 12 years. The reason why it takes like 12 years is because that's how long it had to take in order for your ambition to die. God will never kickstart until your ability to attempt to interfere is paralyzed. He said, I am divine. <laughs> you will never know how significant it is until the matter of fruitfulness is the objective. Ye are the branches. Came back from a long journey and I realized there is service. So I had to go before God. I said, what are, what are you really saying today? He, he is the one that came up with this. Because I won't come to preach to you if he doesn't speak to me. Twelve years. She had already married. She gave birth to children. So many things was going on. And then when the twelfth year came, the energy to accomplish the will of God was transmitted into her spirit. If you, if you do anything before that twelve years, what you are doing will be sustained by the flesh. You will need to lie. You will need to... You even become sick because there is no grace to keep it going. I, you know, sometimes I, I, I sit down to watch some ministers. And after inspecting, say, ah, this man is, is busy. He's trying to achieve something. If it is grace, it will be so natural. So it will be clear that you are not fighting anybody. <laughs> so unnatural. Three people called me from different parts of the world when I went to South Africa. Are you resting? We saw you in a dream. You, were, you fell down from exhaustion. They don't know me. I'm not doing what I'm doing in the flesh. There's an energy that is driving me. When I woke up after those visions that day, I, I took my sugar level, it was 5.3. I took blood pressure. Huh? I was, at least those two parameters will give you a very, very good summary of your status. Meanwhile, before I made that trip, I did a general test. Kidney, liver, this and that. And my, my readings were at the middle, the midpoint. You know, if it goes this way, it's, it's terrible. It goes that way. Midpoint, all that. It is not by power, Oga. It is not by might. No. Don't die. There is a grace. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Give the. Okay. You want to say? Because Shala too. Shala is implicated. <laughs> so that year. Um, Mommy Chengele had, that was the first time I was going for King's Daughters meeting mm -hmm. in Otupo. 
So we all went, there were so many who went for that meeting. So the third day, that's the last day of the, the last day of the meeting, um, she just came up and she was admonishing us. She said, as you go back two in two, three in three, come together and begin to pray for your community. For As she was saying it, the Holy Spirit brought back the vision that, of my that, that baby that was as if he had suffocated. And then he said, the baby. He said, that vision that I gave you, that I showed you when you were in school, now is now. the time to start. So Ambitious, wait, wait, let me be running my, my commentaries. <laughs> Ambitious people will not wait for this instruction. They will take off like a tornado. The baby that you thought had died, can you allow that baby die? Can you allow it die so that God will resurrect the baby in due time? That baby came back to life. You see, the moment you wear the lens of fruitfulness, you will get it right. If you wear the lens of success, you'll be looking for what is not lost. Your greatness is in the Holy Ghost that is in you. It will not come from externalities. What did God ask Moses? What is that in your hand? What is that? Because God will put it in your hand and you will not know what it is until the day of destiny. He will say, what is that in your hand? Can you admit, tell your neighbor, please allow that baby die. Just like Abraham's body had to die. Sarah's womb had to die. Then when God wanted to bring to pass his counsel, he brought back to life that which had died to the glory of his name. That is what it means to be fruitful. And it's a world of difference from being successful. If you see the fruit of fruitfulness, a carnal man might interpret it to be success. But the way you will know that it's not success is that the vessel that God used to manifest that fruitfulness is going to remain humble because he knows that he's not the source of those manifestations. When you find pride, it means the person had an effort. He had a contribution that he made to the things that became the outcome so he can boast. Like I said, I will show you the characteristics of ambition and characteristics of fruitfulness. But this interview is giving you some form of insight. These are deep matters. Don't spend your life looking for success. Don't spend your life looking for it. Spend your life trusting God that you become fruitful in the thing that God has ordained you to be. I've been doing a lot of studies in scripture. So what to preach is not a problem for me. The problem is, for me is, what is God saying that I should preach? That's the problem for me. Are you there? What is God saying that I should preach? And every time I preach what God is saying that I should preach, 
It is so fresh. It is so fresh that nations, nations are drawn to it. Because I understand right now that I'm not just a pastor of this congregation that is seated here. I'm called to pastor nations. And that's calling, not that I wanted to pastor nations. No, it's part of the fruitfulness. I did not start like this. I started from, and I began to grow in fruitfulness until God gave me a voice that went beyond my continent. And I'm not saying this boastfully, you know. I'm not saying it boastfully. I'm not trying to get additional respect from you. In fact, the way people respect me, sometimes I'm ashamed of. I'm ashamed. So I'm not trying to get... No, I'm just telling you what I have seen fruitfulness on that level. Take someone beyond this continent and put him on a platform. You will discover he doesn't have a message for those people. Not everyone has an international ministry. Everybody is forcing himself. Can you connect me? You don't have the calling. You don't even have what to. You don't have what to deliver. That place in Boko where you are, you have the, the, the what they need in Boko. Remain in Boko. When you grow in fruitfulness beyond Boko, you will not need connection for your voice to be heard in quarters beyond your territory. People don't grow into fruitfulness. They want to jackpot into it. <laughs> because of the doctrine of make-believe and possibility, which is not necessarily a doctrine of Christ. I've been contending with doctrinal issues in my secret place, even yesterday night, unveiling some things. I, I hope I live long to teach you people. Yeah. What I found in the scripture, I found... You know what, what Solomon found when he said, I saw an error under the sun. That's what I discovered. A subtle emphasis that is a distraction from the divine economy. Yes. And so, immediately it entered Meanwhile, into this woman that I married, was I saw her preaching here on Thursday. Was it Thursday? Yes, sir. You see, if I'm physically present and she's preaching, I'm not seeing her. It's when I'm not around. I, I know how shy and timid she was. When, I, when we married. I'm the, I'm the puppet man. But I knew she had a calling, but you know, the, the little God I knew those days, I realized that. I can't push her into her calling. She will grow into it. And I was willing to wait for her to grow. We went to meet my father in the Lord. And he was just praying for us. He, said, he looked at me. You know, he doesn't talk much. He's a great prophet. When you hear of men whose wars don't fall to the ground, that's one of them. He, oh my God, you don't know him. Meanwhile, in my lifetime, till I've lived till today, that's the most accurate Christian in character that I've seen. I've not seen... And you know, I'm a Bible student. You know that. You know that. You know that. I've not seen any Christian that have manifested Christ like 
that man. So we went to see him. He prayed, and then he stopped praying. He asked me, what role is my wife playing? I think then she was in the choir or something. So I told him, he said, hmm. Anytime he does that, it means you are wrong. But he will not, because you are also a pioneer of a ministry, he will not go too direct like that. So I knew that something was wrong, but he was not willing to tell me. Hey. Over time, the energy of God that it will eventually supply into your life so that you can carry out God's agenda for you. When that energy begins to enter into your spirit, people around will know. And I can tell you as a husband, I knew when this energy began to enter into this woman. And all I did was to create, pave the way for her to grow in that energy. So I saw her preaching and you know, it's only one of my eyes that cry, not two of them. So, if there is sorrow and you don't see tears on the other one, it's not fake. It's only one that cries. So, I say, see what God has done. The reason is because the objective has always been fruitfulness and not success. Because if you want to talk of success, the way men judge success, before 30, I was already making millions. If you want to talk of success, the way men judge success. I had gone far at a young age. But even though I had gone far in the eyes of men, I had not yet taken hold of the handle of my destiny. May you not be rated by the wrong things. Amen. Thank you. Yes? Put the mic on. Now, the great evangelist that we call Shala today, he, he actually started evangelism and failed at some point. Yes, it was true that it was God's will for him to be an international evangelist, but he took off like a tornado. <laughs> Tell us the story of how you went and into the wilderness. Hallelujah. <laughs> We started following the man of God. And they received a prophetic word that he's supposed to be Abuja's bishop. So he took off, went to Abuja, and left us. Now, let me be giving commentaries because there's a certain man of God that when I came back, my friend, Shala, was following him with passion. And I encouraged him. When I came back, that was when I started working at the depot. So I was now based in Makodi after many years. Okay? So, yes? So when he left in line with the word that I came, that he is Abuja's bishop. And now, now let me give you an idea. Road. If someone came with a prophecy, someone, are you there? Are you, are you following? Are you following? A preacher that went to wash his eyes. Do you know the meaning of that? He's not a prophet, but he went and did some spiritual things in the village and then had ability to, to see visions. I, I'm privy to this because I met the person that he went to for deliverance and he confessed. You get that? 
So, is that preacher that came to town, to Makodi? And he can call your name. Oh. So, that preacher was the one that prophesied to him that he is the bishop of what? Of Abuja. So, he packed and what? He moved. So, I went and joined a Bible school where Papa is saying, so after the completion of the Bible school, the church now gathered and prayed seven hours that the walls of Jericho must fall. So I was called and I was anointed to go and start the work in Zakiba. So when I went, we were busy. But inside of my spirit, I knew that it was insufficient. <laughs> There was this emptiness that I could feel that. May you not this thing be running in the field of ministry eh, before God sends the enablement for you to do so. There's nothing more frustrating than that kind of thing. And many people that have experienced that frustration, even when the real season comes, they will still, Satan will, will hold, will grab, will grip them by fear. Yeah. Although before then, I see myself bringing people in trucks to the kingdom. Bring people. So when the call came, I felt it was a lie. Until I stepped out to the field and I discovered that this thing I have will not sustain this journey I have set out for. So how did so you I come continue. about that knowledge? This knowledge of insufficiency, like Elijah cried, I'm not better than my father's. That's the kind of thing you're saying. How did you arrive at this knowledge? There was, this a, day, there was a day we okay. wanted to pray for somebody. Mm-hmm. And when we prayed for the person, in the night, there was a feedback. There was a feedback. In Please, fact, they don't know what feedback is. Can you <laughs> explain? The man who we went to pray for, his son, the man was a, 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 a challenge, a great principality in darkness. So when we pray, somehow our, pray, our prayer did some little work of destruction. So in the night, 12 midnight, I felt a sound like, <laughs> like a bird was flying and hitting her feather on the door. The door was locked, but I saw a beam inside the house. He said, you this boy, what are you doing here? <laughs> I tried to rebook. There was no voice. <laughs> All what I did could not work. Mm. So the next thing, I wake up in the morning with fever. Took Panadol, took everything, it didn't work. So it was the same week, and I had a dream. And a person came to my house. His house was directly behind my house. So he came, and he went to my house and was asking, where is Shana, where is Shana, where is Shana? So you know, sometimes ego, I have just come, if I return back, I will, it will see me as a failure. I know that it was not working, but I felt like doing something. And deep within my spirit, the, the first day I went there, I had the vision that I entered into this city through the back door instead of coming through the front, the gate. But I said, no, let me do something. At least let me do something. It was in the course of doing something that I collided with a band that entered <laughs> not through the door. So long story cut short, that was how 
I came back to Makodi. I think that time you visited. She visited. She visited. Oh, oh so yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, gave yeah. me what? a test on it. I gave you a test on it. What? I <laughs> lift up tea. And she fried some egg. And <laughs> you put me on bed rest. So when I came up, the journey began. And the confidence began to build. Gradually. Again and again and again. So. Today. The story is different. The story is different. You but, need to see him. You need to see him on the platform. He's still online, I believe. You need to see him on the platform a few days ago. In the same district that he went before time. And the crowd... Of, do you have pictures of what you showed me? Send, send to them. Let, let it, look for those pictures. You sent me some pictures. So when I went, I spoke with the pastors. God has sent me to come and labor alongside with them. I wanted to start with a crusade. They asked me questions as if I was attending an interview. So I could not answer all the questions. So one among them was kind enough. He called me by the side. Say, it is true. You have a call. God is sending you. But I should go and learn under a matured minister. So when it is time, God will now release me. So I felt so bad that the people rejected me. I came with fire to stage a mighty crusade and bring the preacher that I was speaking about because there was the voice of God in this land. And I was sad that they couldn't see it. But after many years, when we started this journey on this note, I went back. All the pastors... In fact, now I just need to send a message. That we want to do a crusade in Zakibia. We want to do a crusade in social local government. Like the one we ended. It was seven days crusade. I didn't go. They just sent a message. That we want to do a seven days crusade. The pastors gathered themselves together. The last day, the people say, continue one day. It was the pastors that are tired. We were not tired. Because we want to preach power. Everything was available. So, I agree with the teaching that if it's ambition, you'll be worn yourself out in order to sustain it and to keep it running. If it is fruitfulness, God will supply the grace. Today, by the grace of God, at least to do a crusade, it's no longer here. The equipments are there. Those days we cried that God should hit one headache. We cried. With tears. With tears. Sometimes we look as if God doesn't like us. When people say, Holy Ghost touch, and you see your reaction, when you talk, we open the eyes and see you like this. <laughs> You'll be coming back home crying, say, God doesn't like us, God doesn't love us. <laughs> Sometimes when you come back, possibly you say, Uka, you have power. I never believe it. Until one day, the thing just broke out. Me, myself, I didn't know what. To ask me, I don't know. And today, by the grace of God, <laughs> it, okay, I remember. He said, instead of fasting, because we like fasting machines, so instead of fasting, he advised that we live the life. We develop the life. So that at any point in time, tea, what you are bringing up is the life. You can fast seven days, be high, and after seven days, you go down again. You go down. But why not build the life that at any time, tea, they call you, you will you dispense the same thing you should. 
and we started building gradually like that. And today, even now, the Holy Ghost can move. Even now. <laughs> Those days, Shala will come up with seven days dry fasting and say, this is not natural. You can do seven days dry fasting and have a good event. But the anointing you will see in that event will not be an anointing you can command on a daily basis. That it is better for you to have a spiritual regiment. You do it, that is your regiment. And because of that regiment, you'll be in command of a certain kind of grace and authority that you can call at any time. Just like he said, there is a resident grace that I can call now. It will begin to do things in this congregation. It will begin to do things online. So that was the counsel of discipleship I began to give. Today, the same Shala is an international evangelist. And he has entered into many fields. And we are going to Sokoto next weekend to test that place. This time he's not going alone, I'm going with him. So what I want to do during the course of these days, yes, shall I send those pictures? The same place, the same area he went to that a man appeared in the room. So they, they'll put the pictures on the screen and you see. The objective of this teaching is to educate us on the subject of fruitfulness. And I believe I have attempted to show us the difference between success and fruitfulness. So that when we begin to go on the path of fruitfulness and the principles that support it, the principles that actualize it, it will be easy for you to comprehend. Where's the man on the keyboard? I want to pray in a moment of time. Are you, are you, are you discouraged because the kind of results you are expecting to see you have not yet started seeing those results, so there's some discouragement that is beginning to seep in. Listen. You must understand that fruitfulness is according to God's time. And you have no authority over that timing matter. It is because of the uncertainty of timing concerning fruitfulness that people take off like a tornado in the flesh. And most times when the devil begins to tempt you to take off, it is because the time is approaching. It's because the seasons are approaching. It's because the moments are about to come. We were rural preachers. We were rural preachers. We were not city preachers. Learned how to cast out devils in the villages. How to preach the gospel. How to teach. How to pray and how to prophesy. When I started preaching years ago, when I started preaching, people that heard me felt I had potential for ministry. They felt I had, I had a gift for ministry. But it took a long time before that potential was realized. I am divine, he says. 
And ye are the branches. And without me, you can do nothing. I want to pray. Just because somebody in the congregation might be discouraged. Remember, without him, you can do nothing. So I want to lead us in a prayer, a prayer of surrender. I surrender. I will not be faster than you. I will not be wiser than you. I will not take off like a tornado. I know that you have put me on a journey facilitated by the divine sequence. And I'm willing to stay the course until my wings grow out and I have capacity to mount up thereby. Can we pray? I am willing to wait until you strengthen me. I'm willing to wait. I'm willing. I'm willing. Siakope mina selibokoria. Have you taken off like a tornado already? Have you taken your flight before time? You can bring yourself back and say, I'm not in a hurry. I want to be fruitful. I want to be plenteous in grace. I want to be sufficient in all things so that I can be generous on every occasion. Oh, I am divine. And my father is the husband man. He's waiting for you to be stupid enough not to take off like a tornado. When he has tested your heart and he has seen that there is no ambition, all that you live for is to do his will when time and times have been accomplished then he will strengthen you and we will cause you to mount up with wings like the eagles it takes time for God to raise a man it takes time for God to raise a woman I want to be fruitful I don't just want to impress men I want to bear the fruit of God Somebody cry to him. Somebody cry. Cry to him. I want to bear the fruit of God. And if you are a lady here, tell him, I don't want to just marry any, any man available. I'm willing to wait, to stay the course until you bring me in contact with that person that will create the wind the wind over which I will fly. Igo mama yakade. Iskobo korote si malaita. Yamama sekobre. Ekabai so santeria. Ekabai so samalata. Igo me korote sabina kude babala. Eskobo ronte ya. Igabai komparana masike. I will wait on him 
because he is my wisdom. He is my understanding. I have no knowledge. I have no understanding of my own. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. We will wait on you. We will wait. We will wait. We will wait. Hey! Kila mama yatabasa. Zababokora masatelia. Yeka baba bosatela lika malatalia. Yeka baba boloko leba halalale. Eka baba boroko leba layatama. Are you tired of waiting? Only they that wait upon the Lord get to renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. This around and not be weary. This I walk and not fade. Hey, come me Rabosa <laughs>
Listen to me. You will need to water a seed before it germinates. And that's the place of the word of God. When we come tomorrow, I'm going to show you. If you abide in me and my words, you need to water it. You need to water it. What scriptures have you received that support that which God wants to do in your life? Make them yours. In your waiting days, you are watering. Make those scriptures yours. Make them yours. Oh, I cannot forget Jeremiah chapter 1. He said, I have set you this day above kingdoms above nations to root out to pull down to destroy to build, to plant he said I put my words in your mouth that was God's response to me when I said Mr. Mara he said I have put my words in your mouth Do you have enough water? I have put my words. I have put my words. Oh my God. Oh my God. Where are the scriptures God gave you? Where are the words he spoken to your destiny? When we are confused, when we are discouraged, we war with them. Were you not the one that said you have put your words in my mouth? Today all of you can bear me witness that indeed God put his words. It was not always so. I have put my words. Those were the things I used to challenge Satan when he came to for mind bending. Trying to preach to you that you are a failure. You have not yet germinated. Your mates have gone ahead. You are still struggling in the bushes. Where is the water that is he gave you? Where is the water of his word? Where is the water of his word? If you have scriptures that he gave you, revive them now. Let us war with them in a moment of time. Mine is Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. It's a scripture of destiny. Anytime I read it, I know that God put that scripture in the Bible because of me. Because of a man that cannot speak. Because of a man that is too young for the kind of things that God is calling him to do. He doesn't have age on his side. He said, be not afraid of their faces. 
be not afraid. Have you received water? Then take out that scripture that God fired into your spirit. Want to war with it for a moment. Only the scriptures are true. Everything that Satan has told you is a lie. It's a lie. Some of you are already experiencing depression because you are you are accepting the lies of the devil. Oh my God. Oh my God. He watered you with scriptures. He watered you with his proceeding word. What did God say to you? What has God spoken over your life? It is time for you to arm yourself with those things that he has said. Because God is not a man that he should lie. Come on, see my you have put your words in my mouth I will not lack words words messages errands of the spoken word will never be lacking in my life oh my god